Hi, welcome to my mom's podcast. Keep it with Lizzie Kelly. Today, my mom and her friend are going to talk about mental health. Hello and welcome to another episode of Keeping Up With Mrs. Kelly. Summer is sadly over, but fortunately, we have something wonderful to kick off the new school year with. Our next episode features, re-features, the wonderful Miss Jenna from ISGista. Hello, Miss Jenna. Hi, Miss Kelly. It's nice to actually be in your school this time. I know. In person, it just feels completely different than speaking on a computer. I think it was really dark as well. When it we were was. Talking. I think it was evening time. I mean, it was probably two o'clock, but it was winter. <laughs> I so. know. It was. I just remember it being very dark outside. And it got darker and darker <laughs> as we went along. Exactly. I think I watched sunset actually out the window while we were recording. But it was so wonderful to talk to you then. And I wanted to bring you back because I think that you and I have a shared passion for mental health and for continuing to improve our own mental health, but also promoting positive mental health with our students. Yeah, You also work with many students, as I do, and and globally. I know that you're always looking for ways to to improve yourself and others in this aspect. Definitely. And, And since this has been such a weird 18 months of mental, I would say, unhealth for so many people globally... This is a great time to talk about it because, you know, the pandemic has changed a bit. It's not over. It's not, <laughs> it's over, not over, though. I know. And, and every time you think that it is, you realize that it's actually not even close. You know? No, exactly. And you've made some good points with me about it being over or taking a break from, from the pandemic and how that hasn't even been a break. And you and I have really struggled with the beginning of our summers I think to process all of this stuff because we were we were able to take a vacation and be with family and and relax in a very safe way but both of us were very aware and communicated with each other that we still felt a bit weird. Yeah, and I think there's this expectation <clears throat> that when summer starts you can relax immediately. And anyone who's ever you know, done some sort of project, or if you're a teacher or a student, you finally finish your exam, you know that you have a little bit of excitement right after, but you don't really relax until a little bit later. Like, Mm. you have all the stuff that you kind of, you know, feel or think through, like, oh, it was actually hard. Did I study enough? Um, As an adult, you're maybe thinking like, oh, am I taking enough precautions? Do I need to rethink how I'm doing certain things? And so just because something is finished doesn't mean it's actually finished in your head. Mm. And I think that's really what we were noticing is that you have this expectation. Okay, it's summer. Yay. Let's just chill and have fun and come back refreshed. And it didn't happen. It was very confusing. Yeah, I think that I can't remember what podcast this was. I'm sure you've heard the same one because we have similar podcast taste. But they were talking about being able to de-stress. And and it was like our minds are not really able to end those stressful feelings and thoughts until we can really like put closure on that stressful event. And they gave the the example of a lion, like back in the day where you had to legitimately worry about a lion. I still worry about wild animals <laughs> all the time. But I mean, you live in the forest. So I it's live understandable. in the forest. <laughs> but legitimately had to worry about wild animals killing you. And so it was if you're running and you've got this lion chasing you and it talked all about the your stress journey you know your adrenaline spikes you've got this danger 
you know, all of your other body systems kind of shut down so you can just deal with this one thing, which is running away from the line. And then let's say that you get to your house, you close the door, you're safe, and you're able to kind of finish that stressful situation. It has some sort of end. And I think the problem with COVID and this whole pandemic is there hasn't been this clear end to say, now we're done. Yeah. Because you and I have both gotten both vaccinations now. Yes. (laughs) But I'm still so hesitant to say or think or feel that this is done. Absolutely. And I don't feel comfortable. I was talking with a colleague um, and I don't think I'll go on a bus or on the subway unless I absolutely have to for quite some time. I still don't think that, I mean, part of the problem is, like you said, there's no ending, but there's also no like criteria for an end. Mm. So it's not even like, well, I've done my vaccinations and I'm being careful and I'm washing my hands and using hand sanitizer because it really doesn't matter what you're doing. Mm. It actually depends on what everyone else is doing. And I think that also makes it really hard is that you can do all the, you know, so-called right things and still, in a sense, lose Mm. in some this kind of situation Uh, and that makes it even harder to process and deal with because you can't like review your own actions to get better (laughs) because it's maybe not even about you exactly it's maybe about everyone else too that's hard so how were you able because I know that you had some some great times this summer how were you able to wrap up some of this stress and be able to relax your body and mind so that you could enjoy your time off and you could rest a bit? I think the first thing is to realize that you won't be able to fix it. I think if you're trying to get to the end and you're trying to get to a place where things feel good, you've already lost because you don't, like we said, there is no end. You don't know what it feels like. You can't really imagine that situation yet. So what really helped me was kind of not so much digging into the past of all the things that had happened over that school year, but just kind of releasing the fact that like, okay, for the next six weeks or so, I don't have to think about the 930 other people in in this Mm -hmm. building with me, you know, I don't have to put on a face or put aside my feelings because one of my students is struggling with something and I want to be there for them. Like, this is the time where I can break down, cry, laugh, dance, run, whatever, whatever I need to do for myself, I can do it. Mm. And I think just admitting that to myself, accepting that I can't change anything, I can't fix anything, that I can't really deal with it, allowed it to actually deal with itself and to get out in the way that was healthiest for me. Mm. And that would be probably, you know, different for each person. But for me, one of the things and I think I talked about this last time as well is I journal a lot, Mm. because there's a lot of stuff in my head. And there are some things that maybe you can talk to some people about and there's some things that maybe you feel shy to talk about or you don't want to involve someone else in your business or you know for so many reasons you still need to get it out but you don't really want to do that with someone else and so for me journaling is a really great tool to do that you know without risking anything Mm, in a way there's no judgment no exactly and it's not that I mean it's obviously important to have the right people in your life to find people that you know you can talk to without them judging you but that's also hard. Mm-hmm. You you don't always have those people. And maybe you have them about one topic, but not about another topic in your life. So and I mean, especially in this time, everyone's going through their own stuff. Exactly. So <laughs> you maybe don't want to put some of your stuff on them on top of everything else. So it was really 
you know, it's, it is a little bit lonely mm-hmm. um, in this season, even though not just physically lonely from not hanging out with people as much um, and being more isolated in your home and in your workplace and um, all that kind of stuff. But it's lonely in your head too. But I like what you said about giving yourself, and you, you have this book right in front of me that you're <laughs> lending to me, giving yourself permission to feel. I can't wait to read that book. But I think that that's so important. And I think that this is the shift that hopefully is is really taking steam now that our culture is going in a direction where it's okay to feel things. It's okay to not be at your A game on your A game all the time. Yeah. And I don't know if it's me growing up and just being more comfortable and aware of these things, but I never felt like this was so ingrained in the the culture. I think it's really come out recently that it's okay to be sad it's yeah. okay to have an off day it's okay to feel lonely you don't have to fix it no exactly and I think we I think it's always been there but the culture like you said was more about keep it inside don't let people see like just do your thing it's sort of that thing of like okay when you step out of your house or out of your room or whatever you have to be this person um, and I think that even before the pandemic start, uh, started we started to see that that's not really resonating with people anymore. Mm. Like people are not accepting this as the status quo and are realizing that we need to be able to express ourselves so that we can be seen by other people. And if we don't let people see who we really are, then we don't get the support that we need. And we also can't support them because maybe they don't trust us because they think we're always perfect you know, and, and never going through stuff. And that makes it really, really hard when you're in a global crisis and you know, really the expectations you put on yourself it are based on what you think society expects from you mm. or what you grew up thinking was important to be or, or how you could show your emotions or not. And so I think that it's just always been there, but we've never talked about it so much as now. I think now there's, you know, a permission because of the pandemic and probably because of other things before then, you know, different movements that we saw, especially in the States. Mm. And I think people are feeling more free and more comfortable to express their true feelings instead of what they think people want to hear. And that's so inspiring to see that this is something that the kids that we teach and my own kids will be able to hopefully grow up with as something normal, not something that they discover in their 30s when they've gone through three decades of turning off their feelings in public or in certain situations. Definitely. And I think that we're we're seeing it show up like, I mean, in in your life and people around you, people are telling you or talking in public about things that you're like, oh, I had no idea. Like, you know, I've been a fan of you for so long and, and I didn't even know this was a thing you were struggling with. Or, you know, maybe it's a sibling or a cousin or, or someone is admitting to you know, not everything being okay all the time. And and sometimes it can be difficult for us also if we look up to those people and we can't, you know, reconcile the image we had of them as a role model with being this actual human, Mm. which I think is actually good. Like, I think it's so much better to see people as whole people that have bad days and good days and, and feelings that are maybe, you know, is expected of them but also accomplish things. Mm. I think 
a lot of times we sort of put stereotypes out there that you're like, if you're a person with depression or a person with anxiety, you're always in a bad mood or you never can be happy. Like, Mm. or if you're going through something that will make you grieve, that you can't then go and be happy or or post a happy picture because you're supposed to be sad all the time, you know, Mm. something bad happened. And I think that when we start to realize that we're not like black and white people, yes or no people, you know, either or, that we have this whole spectrum of emotions and feelings and we can experience and hold multiple feelings at the same time. I think that's when we start to actually deal with life and we can go through life in a more successful way without getting to an end of something or looking for an end and then having to deal with all the stuff that we've been putting aside. Yeah. Waiting until we stop being sad. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've really had to work on this myself as seeing these feelings that we've always associated with as being negative, sadness, loneliness, anxiety, and something that we should try to fix and get rid of as soon as possible. I'm sad what can I do to make myself feel better? And I think as, well, it's probably a global problem, but especially where where we're from in North America, it's this, there is something to fix the sadness and you should purchase it. Like, <laughs> yeah. If you're sad and your boyfriend just dumped you, you buy a pint of ice cream and That's you exactly watch what these, I was thinking. <laughs> these movies. And it's, it's like bombarded into us as young people that this is what you're supposed to do to stop being sad. And I don't think anyone ever told me like, be sad. Like it's fine to be sad. I feel like I think my parents, I'm sure my parents told me to like, stop crying and (laughs) get over it. (laughs) Get back to work. Like, you know, it was like, put it, package it up and move on so that you can be productive and and normal again yeah and not understanding that okay like it's fine to be sad for a while it's normal to be sad it's healthy to be sad and accepting that and you and i have talked a lot about the the olympics and how there are so many of these role models now who are showing us that it is okay to go through peaks and valleys yeah. that you can be a gold medalist or an Olympic champion and still say, I need to take a step back Definitely. and then come back and do something great or not or not. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the other thing is even if we say, okay, well, they're taking some time off or they're so brave to admit to having these issues or, you know, putting their mental health first is so important. Thank you for being role models for us. On the other hand, we're also waiting for the next competition for them to win again. Yeah. We we really want the success story. Yeah. And sometimes success is not a gold medal. Mm. Sometimes exactly. success is just survival. And I think that's basically what the pandemic has taught us like we can have all these goals even if your goal was to you know be in pajamas for a week like it doesn't matter we still felt like we needed to accomplish something Mm. to feel good and I don't know that doesn't feel true to me anymore no and that's I think been one of the many things that COVID taught me is that productivity does not lead to happiness so we were isolated for a week we had a case of COVID in the family and I had to try to work, which I shouldn't have done. I should have just taken the week off. (laughs) Work from home, take care of both of my kids, uh, and just, like, obviously stay away from everyone else. Yeah. And I remember every morning I would make myself a to-do list. And then, of course, my kids both wanted to-do lists. So they both had their to-do lists 
and it was like, oh, if we can get through everything today, like, it's going to be a good day. Yeah. And as I reflect on good days, like, what stands out in my mind as being an epic day that I will not forget? It's when we accomplished absolutely nothing. Yeah, It's I when agree. Liam and I, he rides his bike not that fast. Like, he's pretty slow. <laughs> and I run alongside of him, and we take a Fika break. We're not breaking any records. He will tell you otherwise, but we're really not doing anything monumental. But that time together, like, we're not accomplishing anything. (laughs) Five hours is gone. And I'm so happy. But clearly for him, he feels like he's accomplishing stuff. Mm. And maybe what he's accomplishing is to spend time with you. Mm. And that's enough, you know? That's like his biggest to do that's the trophy like he won the day because he got to spend five hours with you doing nothing Mm. yeah it is such a nice realization and I don't think it's something that I can you know say I'm over the productivity you know (laughs) neither am I (laughs) but I feel like at least I'm more aware of that checklists do not lead to happiness and that you know my productive days and my unproductive days I don't have to worry about my worth being dependent on how much I have done or what I haven't done that day. Right. And I think that's really hard to reframe because as we go back into a school year, we start to have goals again and things that we need to do, not just that we want to do. And because, you know, let's be honest, we all have goals of things we want to do in the summer, even if the goal is to watch 10 movies. You know? um, but the stakes are a little bit higher once you're back at work or back at school. And you do feel the pressure again. It doesn't real. it's not like these realizations are not like switches that you just flick and now you've dealt with it. And now you are not worried about those things anymore. And now you're not going to chase your goals. No, of course, you're going to chase your goals. Like, it takes a long time to make a lasting change. And I think that there is already so much pressure to, you know, many people are are vaccinated. Many people are feeling like this is almost over or, you know, we have the solutions now. We maybe need a a third vaccine, but like, you know, it'll be Mm. fine. Like, we'll figure it out. It's it's almost over. Almost over might be another year, Mm. (laughs) you know. Um, And so to start putting pressure on yourself to try to return to that, you know, okay, well, now this terrible time of my life is over and let me get back to all my my previous life goals I think there's a real danger there of sinking even lower than where we might have found ourselves during the first part of this pandemic you're not taking really the lessons and applying them long term but you're using them as a stopgap of something that helped you get through a tough moment and I'm sure that anyone who deals with anything chronic that comes back over and over knows that you can't you can't just you know it's not a package you can't just be like well I did this this time next time it happens I'll do that again Mm -hmm. sometimes that thing doesn't work again because it worked last time Mm -hmm. so it's kind of a ongoing thing where and it's so much mental pressure actually to not let yourself be back to how you want it to be like you actually have to fight yourself a little bit Mm. for it yeah I think that this whole pandemic being over I'm I'm really worried about what people are going to do to themselves to jump back into things that as we spoke about in the summer we're so emotionally drained yeah I am not at top it's like the batteries right like (laughs) you recharge them but you don't you never get the full charge again no (laughs) no 
No, I'm I'm not I'm not even close to being a hundred percent. But no. you know, I should be. I should be feeling this. And I, I talked to my husband about this a few days ago and I was telling him in the evening, I'm so tired. Exhausted. And, and I was really mad at myself because before the whole staff starts, it's pretty chill. You know, we have the new staff here. There's a lot of excitement with that, but it's not it's not that tough. And I was coming home so tired. And he said, maybe you relaxed in the summer for the first time <laughs> and your body is still used to that and it's going to take you a few days. And it was so hard for me to let go of this feeling like I should be able to switch on, yeah. be in school mode, up at five, <laughs> not tired until 10, like... What is wrong with me? And understanding that we don't have to be at our our peak all the time yeah. because it's impossible. It's that word should, mm. right? That's possibly like, I don't really hate words, but I think if I had to choose one <laughs> to get rid of, <laughs> it would probably be that one because then I wouldn't be able to use it. So I'd have to find another way to express myself. <laughs> and then you might think about things. Before. Yes, exactly. I had a parent email me during the pandemic and he said that my life changed when I got rid of the word should from my vocabulary. And it was so nice because it was someone giving me permission to like, it's fine that you didn't answer my email right away. Or like, it's fine that you took the weekend, you know? Yeah. But it was just like, yes. But I think also it's so hard because we've always been this way. Mm -hmm. We grow up in a culture that tells us all the things we should do or be or not be or not do. And accepting yourself is hard. And then when things come to change the way that you see yourself, you still have the shoulds of all the other stuff and you're trying to blend it with your current version of yourself and it doesn't match. And, you know, it, it's so hard because then you have to make tough decisions like which should thing am I going to drop? Like, hopefully you don't drop the I should shower because other people <laughs> might not like you very much. But some days maybe you do. Yeah. Some days you're like, you know what? I'm not washing my hair today. It's not worth it. Yeah. It's I would rather sleep the extra 10, 15, 20 minutes, whatever it takes, because that will help me more in the long run. And I'm nervous about this school year because I think, like you're saying, I'm not 100%. I've probably improved in some ways in how I manage things because I had no choice because of how last year was and so I think I may be more stable but I'm definitely not a hundred percent like um and I'm really nervous that when everything starts up again I'm gonna put all that pressure on myself all over again and that I, I won't be able I'll be harder on myself actually because like you said you had a chance to rest mm. you had a chance to recover you've learned all these new tips and yeah. tools and we're stronger we're better <laughs> yeah. coming back harder that's right and I think I think the danger of that is that when you don't succeed it's much harder mm. because you really 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 wanted to show to yourself let alone to other people that you could do it all and if you don't make it what does that mean mm. and I think really, really need to remember the lessons that we've learned about what is actually important to us um, and not just try to, because we can do certain things again, decide that we should do them. I think it'll be an adjustment period. I think a lot of people will probably be feeling that I don't really know where I stand 
um, feeling as we often do at the beginning of the school year, but I think it might be a little bit harder this year. Yeah, it definitely will be. And I've tried to put things into place that I know will help me later. Now I my mind is, is quite clear and I have a little bit of extra time to process things. I want to set future me up for the best success possible. <laughs> so I put some things into place to, to help me later. Uh, but one of those things is we've decided to have accountability partners in the leadership team. So we each have a person that we check in on and that person checks someone else. That's and great. So everyone has someone that they're responsible for and someone else is responsible for for me. <laughs> That's so nice. And so I know that I get to nag one person <laughs> and just make sure like you've been staying really late at work lately. Are you making sure to do things that are fun? Can you go home early? Have you been hiking lately? Are you biking to work like you had said you were going to? Yeah. And having somebody nag me like, <laughs> Julie, you look stressed. <laughs> are you... Are you still working on the weekends? You said it was just those weekends. Are you taking time off? Have you been running enough? Having somebody check in on us because as we both know, when you get into it, when you're really down and you're in survival mode, you can't you can't think about anything but getting through it. You no. can't think, how can I get through this in the most <laughs> positive way for me and all of the people around me? It's you can't just... even tell when you're not. No, exactly. <laughs> you're just trying to get through that moment and mm. you have to turn everything else off. And, and like, that's really what last year was, if we're mm. honest. Like, it was a series of moments where you just had to deal with the situation and turn off all your feelings. And then you turn them back on and it's flooding mm. <laughs> everywhere. And you don't even know what you're feeling or thinking about. It's just too much. And... I think it's really great that you're doing this. And I think that's great advice for students with their friends as well, like you know, without judgment mm. to be able to just say, hey, weren't you going to go play football tonight after school? What happened? Oh, I really have lots of homework. Yeah, but don't you think you might feel a little bit better if you take a break and play football maybe for just 30 minutes, mm. not maybe two hours, but, you know, just to have that balance in your life, I think, is helpful for everyone. Yeah. All right. We, again, have talked too much because that's what we do, but I want to go through my fast five. And of yes. course, I probably forgot one or two of them, but I'll make it up on the fly like I usually do. Sounds good. So, favorite school lunch? My school actually does this amazing it's not really the main lunch thing it's part of the salad bar mm. but it's a glass noodle salad Ooh. and I fell in love with this when I traveled in Thailand after I graduated university it was sort of like the big thing that I did second question favorite movie or tv show this is a tough one so this past uh summer I rewatched Alias which is about a spy who thinks that she's working for the good guys and then realizes that she's working for the enemy she thought she was fighting against. And it's five seasons, so obviously there's other things that happen. But she has the best, like, costumes and adventures. And I remember when I watched it for the first time in my early 20s, I just wanted to be here. Mm. I was like, that's such a cool life. So definitely Alias is at the top of my list for TV shows. Um one of the movies that I really loved. I, I have quite a few favorite movies. I'm a person who has like a favorite for each type. Mm. <laughs> you know? But I would have to say 13 going on 30. Oh, I love that movie. Also Jennifer Garner and both those things. Maybe there's a trend there. Yeah. But just the idea. I love 
the twist at the end. Mm, I know don't I shouldn't give it away. say that. No spoiler. I know, but now people know there's a twist and I feel bad. It's not a real twist. It's just the story evolves <laughs> and comes to a conclusion. <laughs> I just really love everything. I could picture myself as as that character, mm. you know, and I just really love everything about what happens in that movie. The good stuff and the bad stuff. Yeah. All right. Um, favorite place to travel when you can travel anywhere you want to? One of the places I really have wanted to go to is, is Japan and seeing the Olympics this summer. Oh, yes. Yeah. And I have friends who are volunteering there and working there and, you know, they can't show you so much on their social media about the actual events. So, you know, there's a pressure to post, especially when you're doing something cool. And so Mm -hmm. I get to see little snippets of the city now that they're out of quarantine and it's just it really makes me want to go there and also to go to Tokyo and Disney, which I've heard is amazing and the best of all the Disneys. So. Really? <laughs> yes, surprisingly. And the food is apparently amazing and the merchandise. So, you know, there's lots of reasons to go to Japan. The baths also, the whole bathing experience. I think it would rival the Swedish like sauna and mm-hmm. Bantin uh, experience for sure. So I want to test that out. Cool. Yeah. Hopefully... Sooner rather than later. If you were not a teacher, what would you be doing with your career? It's a really interesting question because before I was a teacher, I had a bunch of different careers. So I've worked in uh, journalism and uh, sports TV production. I was translating uh, from English to French and French to English, writing. Um, I've done a bunch of things, media marketing. And so it's a little bit hard for me to choose a new other thing (laughs) that I would do. But I think... When I was a kid, I always wanted to be a singer or an astronaut or a writer. So maybe one day I can be an astronaut and they will take random people who are somewhat scientific, but not super technical and who have health problems, but, you know, hopefully can survive in space. (laughs) And I get to go in space for a good reason, not just for spending millions of dollars yeah not not that that has happened in the recent past no all right last question you're my first non-ayaslena guest that i've done this with but i'm still going to ask you because you i think might know more about our school than anybody else (laughs) what is on what is your favorite thing about ayaslena the forest Mm -hmm. that was not even a hard question (laughs) the even just coming into your school for the first time today and comparing the pictures you know, from Instagram with the pictures in my head, it's even better. (laughs) The forest is literally at your doorstep. And I think if you're having a a tough day at school, you know, maybe you can't necessarily leave and go explore for two hours. Yeah, don't, no going to explore in the forest. (laughs) I would be mad at you if I was your teacher, so please don't do that. Um, But you can at least look at it. Mm. And I think even just looking at how trees move in the wind, um, looking at how the sun shines and where the shadows are, just breathing with the breath of the forest makes such a big difference. And I'm very jealous because my school is in the middle of a city area. And I mean, there's parks that as it's Stockholm, there are parks everywhere, but it's just not the same mm-hmm. as a forest. So that's my favorite thing about Iceland. Thank you so much for being here in person for our second but not last Yay. podcast together. Yes, it was so fun. And thank you so much for inviting me and for having these conversations with me on and off the mic. It's really, I think, nice to be able to speak with someone who thinks similarly about things and to realize that you're not alone in (laughs) all the range of feelings (laughs) that comes with everything that we do every day. So 
Thank you. It's great to be able to share these things. Yeah. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening. Share it with your friends.